Hello and welcome to the United on Wheels podcast. What is going on? It's me, Paul Amadeus Lane. I am so, so happy to have you on this edition of the show. We're going to be joined by an amazing individual with an amazing story that can motivate, that can empower all of us. So do me a favor. If you are watching and listening to this right now, please like, share, subscribe, because this conversation you do not want to miss. But before we bring them on, this is what I want to do. Go to our website, unitedspinal.org. And on our website, you'll see our Strong Will Together campaign. This campaign just launched. We want you to be a part of it. Go to our website and then click on Strong Will Together. And there you can see a, a little video about our Strong Will Together campaign. And you might recognize that voice because we are Strong Will Together. But there's something that we need your help with. And that is, we want you to submit your nominees for the Strong Will Together awards that we have. It explains what this awards are all about. What we're trying to do is recognize various ones who are part of our community, uh, individual and performing arts, athletes, uh, business, youth community organizers, uh, honoring all allies and corporate partners who support and make this possible. So the best way to submit your nominees, go to our website, click on Strong Will Together and click on submit your nominees. And all you have to do is just scroll down and go ahead and do your thing and submit the nominee. So that is what we are looking forward to having you to be a part of. Remember, go to unitedspinal.org, click on hashtag Strong Will Together at the top. Make sure you watch the video and you will recognize that voice. Well. Enough about me and more about our guest. Let's welcome him on. And I'm so delighted to have my next guest with me, good friend of mine, all around great person, the awesome, the amazing Ronell Sinus. Ronell, brother, how are you? Paul, I appreciate you for having me on, uh, hanging out here. You forgot to add really handsome to that list you just shared and, and extremely humble, but you know, I'll accept it. I'll let it go this time. <laughs> I forgot about that, man. You know, what, what did Jadica say? He said, I'm not cocky, but I'm confident when you say I'm the best. Yes, sir. It's a compliment, right? So, yeah, we definitely, definitely got to give a give up props for you, bro. And uh, before I brought you on, I talked about how you and I met and the different things that we've been able to do at United Spinal together. But not only that, just your personal story and your love of tech like myself. And we wanted to have you on just to talk about your journey. So we're going to touch on everything about about you about your accident about the 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 struggle uh, the different challenges but also how you got introduced to united spinal as well so you're a broadcaster like me so i i know you know how to make it do what it do so we're gonna jump right into it brother so let's go ahead first what happened um to you ronell what were the series of events that left you uh, to be a wheelchair user? All right. Uh, well, I dare not claim that I'm a broadcaster like you. You have way more accolades than I am, more time in the game. But um, at the time, I was a morning radio host for a local radio station here. Uh, it was WSRF 1580. It's a Haitian-owned radio station. And I and two 
other ladies hosted a morning show. And, you know, we talked about Haitian American culture, how it compares to like the pure Haitian culture and then that pure American culture and us just kind of here in between. And uh, our listeners and my co-hosts always made fun of me because personally, I had never been to Haiti. And that kind of led to an opportunity to visit Haiti for my very first time. Uh, I was 30 years old. I was like, you know what? It's about time I finally visit Haiti. So in uh, December of 2016, myself and other young Haitian American professionals uh, took like a tour guided trip to Haiti. And on my second day there, we arrived December the 1st, a Thursday, hung out, networking stuff. December the 2nd, uh, we were on some expeditions. And many of my friends and families will tell you, I'm super clumsy. I'm always getting hurt. So I decided there was a list of expeditions. I'm going to choose the safest of the expeditions. I'm not going to jump off anything. I'm not going to ride any quads. I'm just going to go quads as in four wheelers. I'm uh, I'm just going to go snorkeling. And I'm an avid water sports fan. I love swimming. I love jet skis. And I decided, you know what? Snorkeling is safe. I'm going to go snorkeling. Well, we got to our diving area. I jumped in the water and it turns out my side of the boat had a bit of a sandbar. So when I dove into the open ocean, uh, I hit that in my head and the impact itself wasn't that bad. It was my head hit the ground and then my body kind of rolled, which dislocated my C5, C6 cervical vertebrae. And immediately while underwater, paralysis set in. I didn't lose consciousness, but I realized something was wrong. I couldn't move on my own. And I was underwater with my eyes open for like 20 seconds. And I was like, this isn't very good. Thankfully, another guy was already in the water and noticed I hadn't gotten up. So he came, pulled me up. And I was like, oh, something's wrong. And, you know, I was blessed. It turns out he was a nurse and a few people on the boat were a nurse. And they were able to get me back on the boat, brought me back to shore. Um, A few hours later, I was in the hospital. The healthcare situation in Haiti is very difficult. So we actually had to go to two different facilities until they found one that had uh, an MRI machine that could help kind of figure out what was going on. And literally there, um, one of the doctors attending, her name was Dr. Cherry, and she was like, Ronel, you're facing some paralysis. She didn't want to give me like a final prognosis, but she was like, when we get you flown back to Miami, hopefully they'll be able to help you out a bit more. Wow. Ronel, that just, you know, brings up a lot of, thoughts in my mind to hear you um, tell the story of what happened to you, um, the injury. Here you were just going to hang out, have some fun, going to Haiti, going to visit where where your family's from and having a good old time. And then in that instant, just life changed for you. When did you know that you were seriously injured? Did you think that you were just maybe dazed for a moment and, and things would get would get better. When did you realize, wow, this is something that's that's really serious that I'm dealing with right now? I think it was kind of two-pronged. Um, in the moment, and I guess in the hours following the actual incident, I thought I was dazed or concussed or I uh, kind of broke something. They'll do some surgery, put me in the cast, and I'll get back uh, to being me. Uh, fast forward a few weeks, I'm now at Jackson Memorial Hospital here in Miami, Florida, and I'm doing PT and OT and I remember the very first session, my occupational therapist was like, okay, we're going to create some goals for you and uh, some of the goals that you want to achieve here in therapy. And I was like, yeah, you know, I just want to get full, I'm functional, my arms and legs back and, you know, go back to 
my daily life. Uh, a month and a half later, when they're getting ready to discharge me and I still wasn't moving any of my appendages, I was like, maybe I'm a little hurt more than I originally thought. And after speaking with the, the doctor at the time and a few of the other therapists on staff, I guess that's when you kind of uh, started settling in that this might be more of a serious injury than I originally thought. And Ronald, this happened in, correct me if I'm wrong, 2015 or 2016? 2016. Yeah, you're a rookie. You know, you're still a baby with this. So, right, you're in the game. Yes, yes, yes. But when I kind of remember that too, like when I had my had my accident back in uh, almost 29 years ago, over 29 years ago, and I remember when the impact happened, I was like, I can't move. But I will be able to move. So here I'm in the hospital, you know, when my OTs and PTs are like, we're going to show you how to get in your wheelchair. I said, okay, cool. I'm going to learn how to stand up and get in my chair. It took me a while to kind of grapple what, what it really meant, even though I had a medical background. A lot of setbacks I had. So that kind of messed me up into getting getting my mind right and my mentals right of what, what actually was happening. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel you when you say that. And Hopefully, newer ones who are injured hearing this conversation right now will be like, yeah, I know what Ronell and, and Paul are talking about because I, I kind of felt that same way, too. When did you come to grips with uh, the fact, Ronell, that you being able to walk or, or function like you did prior to your injury was something that is going to take some time to get to or this may be what my new normal is. All right. So pretty much, as you said, I'm a baby in this game, a brand new. And uh, I, I think it's still an ongoing process. I don't think there's ever really a one day you just flip the switch. You're like, you know what? This is it. But I would say after my first couple months of not being able to use my, move my arms and, and legs, you know, and becoming fully dependent on other people, it took a while for me to start kind of understanding maybe I might need, help for a long, long time. And it was actually one Saturday afternoon. I was home. I didn't have any home health aides or anything at the time. So thankfully I have uh, siblings who are amazing and most of them are in healthcare. So my older sister was hanging out at home with me and uh, I was in my room, just in my hospital bed, just kind of sit up, propped up. She put my hands on my side and I'm just hanging out watching uh, Netflix on the laptop and I yawned. and. Most people's instinct when they yawn is to cover their mouth. Well, my arms don't move on their own, but my right arm shot up. It like curled itself, went towards my face and just plopped itself on my lap. And I looked at it and I was just like, what just happened? After about four months of no movement in the arm whatsoever of my own free accord, the arm just came all the way up by itself. I called my sister and I was just like, yo, look what just happened. And she, you know, took her a second to realize my arm wasn't where she put it, but then I kind of curled it again and it moved. And like a big old baby, I don't know about you, Paul, but post-injury, I became like super sensitive about everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't watch a commercial without crying now, but uh, I started crying. I started bawling and crying. And it, it actually was my uh, older sister's birthday that day. So I FaceTimed her and then the two of us showed her that I curled my arm and it, it was a little victory for me, but it also kind of told me that this is going to be my new norm, but not to kind of give up, to keep pushing to see what my body can do, despite what some of the prognoses may have been, what some of the other examples before me. But 
it did kind of explain to me that, yo, I may not be back in the gym like I was before or being as active as I was, but there was some hope as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about the emotional part of it. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> Things, some, yeah. Some, some triggers and that's what it happens. And, and that, wow. Thank you for sharing that. Ronell. you know, you and I have known each other for a couple of years and that's my first time hearing that story, man. And that's, and I, that's, that's really cool. The little victories that, that we yeah. um, can, can have really means a lot when, um, being being a man of color uh, like myself, uh, no doubt we've had challenges um, pre-injury. What are some of those challenges that you've had uh, post-injury? Post-injury, I would say a lot of them stem a little bit from social uh, and I guess economic perspectives as well, just um, trying to come up and figure out where the funding for some of these uh, devices and therapies where uh, people from other social and economic backgrounds may find them. Um, others who tend to become the face of certain therapies and receive uh, even free sessions or scholarships that I myself may also uh, apply for. But I think the strongest one that I felt most recently, and I've heard of it, but had not experienced it personally, was everyone assumes we get shot. Every Black person in a wheelchair has been shot. And I was actually in the ER earlier this year. And um, what, the nurse came in, introduced herself. And I'm in, in the middle of autonomic dysreflexia, UTI. So, you know, I'm sweating, headache, not yeah. doing good. But I'm always in pretty much good spirit. So I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to joke around and be uh, cordial and friendly. So she came in, she's like, oh, okay, so you were shot? And that's how she started. There was no preamble, nothing before wow. that. She was just like, oh, so you got shot. And I was like, is that what my chart says? Like, where did this come from? So, and I know you've dealt with it where you have that quick moment in your head where, mm, should I cuss her out or should this be a teaching moment? And I was like, man, I got a headache right now. I don't got the energy to cuss nobody out. So I was just like, no, no. I, I did not get shot. I had an accident. I didn't feel like getting into it. And she's yeah. like, oh, okay. But it kind of weighed heavily on me. Mm -hmm. And the doctor came in a little while ago, uh, a little while later, and he uh, looked at my chart. And he was like, hey, it says you had a diving accident. And mm -hmm. the nurse was in. Uh, she was out of the room at the moment. And I was just like, yeah, unfortunately, people always assume we get shot. So, um, so we're talking because he has a love for water sports. We're talking mm -hmm. about it. And um, she came back in the room. She's like, hey, dude. And the doctor speaking to her and said, you know, did you know Rona was a diver? He enjoys jet skiing. She was like, yeah, he told me. I was like, yeah, she's one of the people that assumes we all get shot. <laughs> and it's that awkward, quiet moment. Yeah. And the, doc the doctor's like, well, you know, the, the trauma center, a lot of people come in here and, you know, just trying to play it off. And I was like, well, the reality is, no, the, not everyone who has uh, a spinal cord injury gets shot. And I kind of schooled them for a second. And he was like, well, okay, yeah, you're correct. And I think it's that misconception and having that idea in the back of their minds kind of puts us in a position where people assume, well, mm, I might not hire him for a job because he's come from a violent background or he may have done something that deserved it. Mm -hmm. Or people, unfortunately, uh, inherently believe that, well, he got what he deserved. But no, we have not all been shot. Even if we have, some have just been victims of violent crimes or somewhere uh, police officers, somewhere 
uh, in the armed forces defending our freedoms and were unfortunately shot in the in the line of duty. No, I get that, Ronell. Many times, you know, I would be out and did you get shot? Oh, you so handsome. Did you get shot? Like, you know, I'll take the being handsome part, but don't tell me I didn't get shot. No, I was in a car, I was an automobile accident. Now I know some I had some relatives and some homies that's about that life to got shot. Uh-huh. But I wasn't the one that got shot. So yeah. Um quick question, right quick. What was was the nurse at least fine? No, and you would think, but no, not at all. Not in the same Okay, so yeah. You know, if she was fine, then we'll give her a pass. But if she's she, she went fine. It's funny her. that you said that. I've had stories where people, uh, I, one in particular, if I can, real fast, in the middle of the street, she just walked up to me and was just like, so what's wrong with you? That is how she asked me about my accident. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her, again, that quick split second of, mm, cuss you out or have fun with this. And she was fine. So I was just like, well, you know, I was just born so handsome that God decided to give the other guys an opportunity to kind of catch up. So he put me in the wheelchair. And I guess that's when she realized maybe she asked wrong. So then we started over from there. But yeah, that was the only reason she got a pass that day. There you go. Did you get a number? Oh, oh yeah. Come on. Okay. Man. okay. You don't throw your good stuff out for nothing. That'll work. That'll work. She's going to pay for that, that indiscretion right there. She'll give me a number, but... But, but yeah, and, and that's the stigma that we get, especially pe- persons of color. You know, they always just assume that. And you touched on a very good point about um, different resources out there that one seem to get because of coming from a different economic or our social background or, or just uh, the way a person looks. And it's it's really frustrating. And that led you to to try to find ways to empower yourself even more. Talk about your introduction to United Spinal and, and how, how did all that came about? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Well, first I have to be, uh, give props to my dad. He's made, I don't know if it's just genetically or the way he raised us, but the guys in my family were charming and we use it to our benefit. And more so now that I'm in a wheelchair, I'm perceived as non-threatening. So being friendly, being charming, being eloquent and intelligent, all those things kind of, are even wrapped up more so in the wheelchair, but uh, through the spinal cord injury support group that we have here in South Florida in the midst of the pandemic in 2020, you know, we went from being very social and seeing each other weekly to now everyone's stuck at home and bored. And for some people that was their only contact with the outside world. So what we didn't know behind the works, our president at the time, Ryan Gabauer was working on connecting with United Spinal when, and then we became the South Florida chapter. and. He's very supportive. In fact, he was um, he was my peer mentor. He knows about my background in radio and the podcast I started up at the time. So he was just like, yo, I know some cool people that would be great to introduce you to. And he introduced me to Abby and Brooke was in the call at that time and uh, Ian Ruder. And then, of course, Paul Amadeus Lane was one of the individuals I was introduced to. And for one, it, it was very encouraging to see one, uh, another black man in the position where I wanted to be doing long-term work in broadcast media and a gentleman who's had an injury like myself who chose not to allow that to hold him back. And you and I have had many conversations along that line as well. And I I just have to say thank you personally just for being always encouraging. Uh, But that was, and I have to give tip my hat again to Ryan for the introductions. And since joining you on uh, United on Wheels previously and just some of the other volunteer work I've been doing for United Spinal, they decided we like this guy and he just embraced me in open arms and just kind of keep me involved. 
Yeah, it, it's pretty cool that, that, that they like us. You know what I mean? And it, it, it shows the diversity and how they walk the walk and talk the talk over at United Spinal. You know, I, I think back to uh, um, the, the former CEO, uh, Jim Wiseman, and, and now the new CEO, uh, Vincenzo Piscopo Enzo, and just how they 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 breathe diversity they teach diversity they are diversity and, and it's really great to be a part of that part of the organization and and, and huge props to ian ian ruder too ian ian is the man he, yeah, he is the master right. yoda man he's like just he's like just chilled man I, when i grow up i want to be just like ian so in brooke too <laughs> you know brooke brooke is recovering and, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm looking so looking so forward to us being able to hang out with the beautiful Brooke again. Um, she is just, it's amazing. And, and Ronell, what, what are some things that, that United Spinal has also helped you out with? I know that you and I, we both love technology. We love tech. You and I are both part of the, um, the, the tech access uh, group that we, we both are part of founding members of. And what has United Spinal done in getting the conversation going about, technology and why that's so important for ones like uh, you and me? Uh, well, first and foremost, I, I have to say uh, they introduced me to people like Brooke and mm -hmm. yourself and the other members of the Tech Access Group. They've invited me to join the Tech Access Group. So um, it, I was introduced to assistive technology while I was in therapy, but I don't think I fully understood the scope of how helpful and how useful assistive technologies are and speaking to other people who've been injured longer than I have, who've uh, fully integrated their homes and their lives with smart devices and technologies has pretty much shown me that one, not only can it make turning on your air conditioning and your fan and the lights in your house uh, more accessible, but starting a new career or expanding on one that you already had is not only a possibility, but it, it's a definitive myself, I, I use the Headmouse Nano on a daily basis to uh, do podcasts like this one that we're on right now and to edit some of my own work and uh, just other activities that I do with United Spinal on a regular. And it's also given me the avenue to learn more about them in the Tech Access Group. We've had the opportunity to test products or just talk to people about upcoming ideas. And we're on the cusp of innovation. Like, these groups are listening to us, our input from jump. So instead of just waiting for a product coming out and complaining about it, we're allowing or we're given the opportunity to tell them upfront, hey, I can't open my fingers to touch screen something. So it needs to be able to adjust the sensitivity of a screen or if the screen's too big and a button is too small, I might not be able to reach it. So voice controls the thing. So just being able to get our voices. When I mean our voice, I'm not just talking about you, myself, and the other tickets access members, but in general, just to have the idea of keeping people with disabilities or just different challenges in mind when these products are being developed, not afterwards to resolve the problem, but at the forefront of uh, the designing process, let them know, hey, hey, we matter. You want our money too? Then these products and these services need to be available to us. And and here's the here's the thing is you know we're we're thirty percent of of the economy out there and we're loyal a loyal um, consumer group you know if you tell me hey Paul you know hey I use this I can use it you can use it too I'm be like yo Ronell's my guy he told me yeah. what to do I'm go I'm gonna go do it and companies are now starting starting to get that now you're starting to see companies now having the 
D, uh, D, E, and I um, concept, disability inclusion and um, and equity, uh, d- disability equity and inclusion now mm-hmm. having these departments right now. And it's because of us advocating for ourselves. And, and that's what United Spinal gets. They realize like ones who don't have a disability or a visual disability can't advocate for us. They don't know what it's like to be us. We know what it's like to be us. So putting us in front of the decision makers, R&D, putting us in, in these focus groups, these different things, we can share with you our challenges. And we're, we're not a monolith either. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a quad, you're a quad. You and I have different functionalities. And that's why it's so important to get multiple voices. When you make things accessible for us, it becomes accessible for all. Fair. That's when we can achieve that one size fit all. And I don't know if you you you, you knew this, uh, Ronell, but I, I flipped the script. I no longer use nothing about us without us. This is this is how I remixed it. And you know me being okay. a former musician, songwriter, and all that other stuff. It's nothing about us without us. Because think about it. Um, I'm sorry, not nothing, not nothing about us without us. Now it's nothing for us without us. Okay. And it is my concept about it, Ronell. If I say, hey, Ronell, I was thinking about you the other day, you know, knowing that you're going through some bad times, you'd be like, okay, cool, Paul. Thanks for thinking about me. But what if I said, Ronell, I was thinking about you and I'm going to send something for you to help deal with your challenges. So I was like, we've moved past that nothing about us without us. There's nothing for us without us because we know what we need now provide that for us, even though you're thinking about us. Because yeah. we, we've we passed that Rubicon. You know, we are in, in the space now where we can have these discussions. And then that parlays to something else that, that you're doing now with United Spinal, and that's your, that's your tech talks. And uh, talk about that, Ronell, and, and some things that, that, that you'll be discussing uh, on, on future ones and, and how ones can be a part of it. And thank you again. And sometimes I feel like I've been in the game long enough to uh, include myself in some of these us conversations. But the reality is I I am in in the community now. And the reality is we've gotten past the point where we can just talk about it and well wishes and we're thinking about it. No, the reality is we're at the point where action needs to be taken. And uh, along with the tech talks, what I'm enjoying about it is, for one, I tell everyone I'm super selfish. I'm learning as much as I can from it. But the reality is I want to have that moment with other people that I had when I found out about assistive technologies and these devices that allowed me to get back on my phone by myself or get on the computer. There are individuals out there who know nothing about technology post their injury or or never have used it without whatever disorders they have been dealing with. And these technologies allow us to communicate. So far, I've met individuals who speak through their AAC devices or folks like myself who talk to my iPhone or my laptop when I need complicated uh, activities to be done. And those individuals are finding work, gainful employment. Those individuals are having social interactions that they normally would not have had because they're either stuck at home or they can't communicate the way they are. And uh, every second Thursday of the month, we want to share a different aspect of assistive technologies. And uh, people assume when we talk about technology, we're gonna talk about the newest computers or smart devices. No, 
there are low-tech devices as well that assist with people making their daily lives achievable, not uh, just more convenient, but achievable. There are certain people that can't do certain activities without the help of technology. And the good thing about the group is there are other individuals who've uh, been injured 10, 15, 20 some years and folks like me who've been injured five years or newer who are sharing their experiences. There are folks there who are north of 50 who are talking about how devices have changed over the last 20, 30 years. And they're introducing people like me to brand new ways to get activities done in the home that otherwise I would have needed someone's help for. So the Tech Talks is a perfect place to come share your knowledge and gain knowledge about assistive technologies. Uh, last week we introduced, or last month rather, we introduced the conversation. Uh, this month we're talking about uh, your smart home and devices that you can use on a daily basis. Just, you know, make your coffee or or heat up your sandwich. There are different things that, hey, with a voice control or connecting it to devices like Alexa, you can get it done. And we look forward to other great conversations and we need people's input. People like yourself, Paul, you joined us last month who, who can give information from your long-term uh, experience and others who can benefit from it from just being injured newly. We have reached a moment in humanity where we're able to use our bodies as an interface. I remember I was at the Consumer Electronics Show might have been seven or eight years ago. And we were in like a, a, a tech talk kind of thing with a gentleman I've known for years, Dr. Sean Dubravac. And Sean was talking about how one day the human body is going to be the interface. And we have seen that now. Our voices are. I mean, in my home, you know, I can't say the name right now because I have one in here. I don't want her to start talking. <laughs> but but it, it, it controls my my environmentals, my lights. Every room I go into, I can tell it to do this. I can have it cut on my studio lights. I can have it um, just make me more independent. Unlock my door. Open my garage door. Uh, my uh, my heating, my cooling, uh, my TV. You know, it, it, this is Jetsons 2.0. I can open my French doors off my patio, you know, by telling it to do something. So it really helps us to be more independent. And that's what we want to be, uh, Ronell. You know, we, yeah. even though we like being taken care of, especially by, by, by pretty, pretty fine women, uh, but, you know, we like to do things ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> being able to do that, it, it, it's really, really awesome. If and, I may, and, real fast, I'm oh, sorry sure. to cut you off, but. Just like you're saying, as much as we um, like or enjoy that attention, yeah. but I'm a very private person. I, I, in the beginning, when I first was injured, people had to read my text messages for me or scroll through. I'm like, it's not like I have anything to hide, but I don't need you to know what my girlfriend is telling me. And the fact that, like you said, the, the technology is evolving to the point where now I could do it myself. I could read it on my own and I could ask the phone for it. And the problem is, or not the problem, but this opportunity through the tech talks it's a great community for people can to come together to share these ideas. Cause if it wasn't someone that told me about voice control, I would have never known about it. I would never had the opportunity to use Siri or any of the other um, available options to do these things. Like you're saying, open the doors, uh, turn your, uh, your environmental controls on or off or adjust them. For me, I get hot during the night. We're in Florida. You never know what the temperature is going to be like being able to adjust the air conditioning in my lamp at the drop of a dime without being able or the ability to get up out of bed is amazing. I just can't wait to see where we're at maybe five years from now and the conversations that we're going to be having about this, because I think it's going to be second nature. It's going to be 
no more assistive and adaptive technology. It's going to be technology because all that's going to be baked in, baked into this cake because of ones like yourself and others who are on our amazing tech access group, the Ian's, uh, the Brooks, the Michelle's, the, the Michaela's, the, you know, all the ones who are with us, the, the Andreas, you know, all, all those who are a part of our group. And, and it's so amazing. And before I let you go, Ronell, anything else um, you'd like to uh, tell everyone um, who are, who's listening or are watching uh, this recording right now uh, about your journey, about what we have to look forward to? The floor is yours, my friend. Ah, oh, definitely. Well, appreciate the opportunity, you know, for everyone who's listening or watching and enjoying these two handsome gentlemen. Uh, the go. reality is, you know, we, we do have a message first and foremost. And I, I thank you, Paul, for it as well, that don't allow any challenges you're dealing with to to keep you from your dreams, keep you from from reaching out to do it. Because one, the uh, technologies are getting to a point where everyone and anyone can continue or pursue their their careers or whatever opportunities that they're looking for. I'm thankful for that and uh, through the United Spinal as well for the opportunities they give me because working on my podcast, if you don't mind, the Ramp It Up podcast is is not super easy, but it, it is so enjoyable. I love sharing my message and I've had you on the show, Paul, and a few others from United Spinal as well, just to share their stories because the reality is, yes, we had a turning point in our lives where we may have thought the worst, but the reality is there's so much more. We're blessed to have the breath in our lungs and the opportunity to uh, live. So do something with it, you know, get out, be as productive as possible and create a community around yourself, whether it be United Spinal or through the Tech Talks or your local support group or just your friends and family, because I'm blessed and grateful for all those people that I've had because they've helped me push forward. And again, Paul, I'm always looking forward to hanging out with you whenever you come through to Miami. I promise you a bottle of barbecue. We got to go get some Cuban food, some Haitian food, uh, down in the city, whatever it is. So whenever you come through the 305, make sure you let me know. That sounds good, brother. Looking forward to going back to Bayside, man. It's been many years since I, oh, yeah. I've i been out there in uh, Jackson Memorial Hospital where I did some therapy out there, too, going to my, my favorite Cuban spot out there. And and I want to go to the pork and beans and get some good soul food, man. So we got we to gotta, we gotta roll down there, too. Definitely. It's been a minute since I've been down in the city, too, but I'm looking forward to it. Hey, brother. So how, how can ones find out more about the Tech Talks? Any... um. Oh, you want to uh, direct them to there if they want to be a part of it? Yeah, definitely. So um, if you go to unitedspinal.org website and you can just look through the Tech Access Initiative, you'll find the link. It goes up monthly for the Tech Talks. You click the link, you register, and that way Zoom will send you a link each and every month, a few days before the actual Tech Talks. It is the second Thursday of the month from 5 to 6 p.m. if you check United Spinal web uh, Instagram page as well, just United Spinal. And I'll be posting it on mine as well. You can just look it up, Ramp It Up Podcast. It'll have information to check out the Tech Talks as well. I appreciate it. Awesome, Ronell. Thank you so much, brother. Look forward to seeing you again, man. And uh, you take care of yourself. Stay well. Appreciate you, Paul. Thank you, everyone. Have a great one. That was the awesome Ronell Sinus. I really enjoyed uh, chatting with him, finding out more about his journey and how much he loves tech. He and I both are on the tech access group. I um, mean, we love it. We love talking about innovation in tech, how it can make us more independent. And please, please, please support him. Uh, join the the tech talks that we have and uh, be a part of that conversation and share it with others, too. And maybe 
you may not feel that it interests you, but I'm sure it interests someone out there. So tell a friend, let them know about it. And before we go, don't forget, go to our website, unitedspondle.org, and make sure you check out our Strong Willed Together campaign that we have. And remember, we need your help. We need your help because we're going to have Strong Willed uh, Together Awards that are happening later on this year. And we're looking for members of the, the community um, who have uh, spinal cord injuries or sp- different disorders out there, spinal cord disorders, um, who are in business, who are youth community organizers, who are in visual performing arts and, and athletics and honoring allies and corporate partners. And you can help nominate ones as well. So we need your help. Can you hook us up and help us out? We know you can. Well, it's time for me to get out of here and can't wait to see you again on another episode of United on Wheels podcast. I'm Paul Amadeus Lane. If you want to connect with me on all the different formats out there, it's Paul Amadeus Lane and my website, paulamadeuslane.com. Stop by and say hi. Well, until then, do me a favor. Stay healthy, stay safe. And remember, I love you guys a life. Take care, folks. <laughs>